You know it's all right, church, to have a storm in your life. It's all right that maybe the storm upsets you. Maybe you're greatly concerned about it. Storms are common whether you're saved or lost. You're going to have storms in your life that seems like they're going to overwhelm you. If you remember, he stepped out of the boat in the middle of that storm because the Lord bid him to come to him. Now, I'm still reminded that Jesus was down in the belly one day and the storm was raging. And they cried out to him, don't you care? You're laying down here asleep, I'm paraphrasing. He got up and all he said was, peace be still, wasn't he? But he stepped out on that water that day and the storm was raging. Now I'll tell you something, it takes a lot of faith to step out of the boat. And don't tell me that you won't notice the storm around you. I don't care how saved you are, how full of God you are, when the storm comes in your life, sometimes you feel overwhelmed. But you notice as long as he had his eyes on him, he could walk on that water. But as soon as he took his eyes off of him, he began to sink. We know that. And that's a good story for us to remember. When we get our eyes off of the Lord, we will sink. I don't care if it's a little bitty storm or a great big storm. When we lose sight of God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost, we're going to begin to sink. Probably everybody in here tonight knows somebody that's already sinking right now. That used to walk on the water. Used to have the power on them. Used to love God. But did you notice in that story, Jesus made up the distance and wretching got him. You know something tonight, church? You may think he's asleep down in the bottom and don't care. You may have taken your eyes off of him and begin to sink in the storm. Now, I'll help you some tonight if I can. This ain't got nothing to do with what I had laid out. I'll tell you that right off the bat. I, I believe everybody is fixing to face a storm like we've never seen before. COVID was just a little sample and a test of what's to come. And we see what happened to the church. I mean, isn't it funny that two or three people in all of the United States had it and they shut America down. What a storm. What a storm. They created that storm. That was a man-made storm. That's a little boy crying wolf to me before it ever needed to be cried wolf. And now they say, oh, run out and get another booster. Well, that's well and good if you want one. They haven't proved to me that it works to start with. I, I remember when they had us to go to the schoolhouses and took the polio vaccine. 
I ain't never had to take another one of them. Put a little drop on a sugar cube and stuck it in your mouth. Vaccine, I thought, was supposed to take care of things. Now, I can understand, like the flu vaccine, the flu changes every year, and they give you a different a vaccine every year for that. I understand that. I'm not stupid. I, I, I believe that storms sometimes are created by ourselves. <laughs> Anybody ever heard the old saying, don't count your chickens for the hatch? What does that mean to you? You might have a dozen eggs under that hen, but that don't give you a dozen dibs, does it? Or should I say biddies? Does anybody in here know what a biddy is? I didn't know what that was one day. I said a dib, and this lady said, what are you talking about? I said, a just hatched chicken. A biddy, she said. I said, where are you from? You wasn't raised around Nebo. Wasn't raised over in Madison County, surely not in Flagbond. Them's dibs. But anyway, we can't count them till they hatch. And by the way, you can't really count them in. Because some of them will die. The only one you can really count is when they start laying eggs. Then you can say, I've got an egg layer. There's a lot of things that can happen from the time the hen lays that egg till that hen begins or that dib begins to lay eggs. There's a lot of variables in the life. In the storm that we're in right now, there's a lot of variables. Where do we stand today in this storm? The storm that we're in, listen to what I'm saying tonight. We're fixing to face a storm that this world has never seen before. Where's the church going to be? Where will you be? Which side will you be on? I saw a thing today on the news. Next year will be totally digital money. In other words, you won't have no cash in your pocket. Listen to this old crazy preacher now. You ain't got no cash in your pocket. They got control of you. And the word of God said they'll neither buy nor sell. Neither buy nor sell. You say, well, I've got $100,000 in the safe. With one strike of a pen, they can make that money worthless. i never forget when I was in junior high school, I read a book. Somebody say, he did. That's hard to believe. I read the whole book. I really did read the whole book. Can't tell you the name. But it was about a war. And this was based on World War II. And it, anybody that's ever studied World War II, it got tough where the war was at. My grandfather was there in World War I. He told me about eating mules. That's all they had. Kill the mule that was pulling the artillery and eat it. I said, how did it taste? He said, it filled a hollow hole. Don't matter how it tasted, right? You've got to have nourishment. And I read this book, and, and what caught my attention was that in the scenario of this book, 
tides had turned and money was worth nothing. And I'll never forget the main character in that book took a wheelbarrow load of money to get one loaf of bread. Millionaire. Thought he had it made. And it took everything he could pile in a wheelbarrow to get one loaf of bread. Now, that was back in the 70s when I read that book. And, and I thought to myself, that can't be. But look around the world at history. It's happened more than once. What good is money if you don't have anything to eat? What good is money if there's nothing on the shelf to buy? What good is money if you ain't got no gas in the tank to buy? What good's that Cadillac? Oh, mine gets 150 miles a gallon. What good is it? You can't get a gallon. By the way, if you got a gallon, where would you go? Right? But that was at the storm that they went through in all of these wars. And if you study anything about war, it happens in every war. The loser has such a hard time recovering. He was walking on the water, kept his eyes on the Lord. He kept walking good. And then the storm came. To himself. Now listen, this is the thought that God stirred my heart with sitting up there. It's all right to be in the storm, just don't let the storm get in you. Wasn't that what you were singing, brother? Don't let that storm get in us. That rage that will make you not a Christian will lower you down to their standards. What are you going to do if they walk up to you and stick a gun to your child's head and say, denounce Christ or I'll blow their brains out? Oh, that won't happen. No, it's already happened. It's already happened. A lot, I'm talking about millions, died with that same kind of fate. Deny Christ or die. I'll never forget, it was in 1999, the last study I'd done on it, and there was 300,000 people known in the world to die that year for the name of Christ. That's the ones they knew of. So how many died they didn't know of? But this was recorded history 300,000 in 1999. Because they claim the name of Jesus. What kind of storm can you wither? I mean, how much does it take to knock you off? <laughs> Isn't it funny that most it don't take a whole lot. They can call for snow. I get phone calls. Are we going to have church tomorrow? This is on Friday. They ain't calling for it till Sunday night or Monday morning. Are we going to have church Sunday? Uh, get up. If you can get to church, we're going to have church. Right? Hey, 
I'm not going to call church off unless it is so dangerous it'll endanger you to get here. And if I can get here, that's okay. I've preached to empty pews before. I'll probably preach to them again. But isn't it funny that we're always looking for a storm to come up, and if we ain't got one, we'll create one. What kind of storm's in you tonight? Hey, it's all right to be in the storm. Just don't let the storm get in you. That storm that gets inside of you will manifest into something. I was trying to remember who made this statement. 99.9% of people that worry about things that never, ever materialize or happen. How many's ever done that? We'd all have to raise our hands, wouldn't we? We're all guilty to an extent. Oh, I wonder if we're going to get to. I wonder, oh Lord, oh and it never materializes. We fret ourselves to death because we allowed the storm to get in us instead of having faith and hope. Do you know everybody that was born in this world was born to die? We just don't know when. We just don't know how. But everybody one-on-one dies. We will face eternity. Now let me help somebody tonight. I know folks, and I could name their name tonight, that is so worried about dying that they have never lived. That's sad, isn't it? That brother down there last night, come to think of it, just come back through my mind, he testified about that, didn't he? Before he got saved, he said, all I worried about was dying. 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 Well, if you're if that's all you're ever worried about is dying or a storm or troubles and trials coming in your life, guess what? You're gonna spend the rest of your life in misery of things that will probably never ever happen. My precious mother, most of her life she was so consumed with she was gonna die with cancer. She had a cancer policy. Just a cancer policy. Because she was so determined in her mind that, and I'll tell you what caused that. My uncle, which was my great uncle, was her uncle, died with cancer when she was just a young teenage girl. And it started in his nose and it eat his face off. And that was embedded in her mind. And it was caused from DDT. Does everybody know what DDT is? You used to put that on tobacco for a pesticide. And it caused cancer and they quit using it. And mama was so determined that her life was going to end with cancer. That she had a cancer policy. It wasn't much. What is the odds of you dying with cancer? I don't know, but it's very high. My mother died with a heart attack. Had never been diagnosed with any heart trouble in her life. 63-year-old, fell dead. Fell dead. Never, ever had cancer. Fell dead with a heart attack. But that storm was in my mother all of her life. And it robbed her of her joy. 
a lot of times it would get to bearing on her mind and she'd have to take nerve pills. I'll never forget it. And I guess God was showing me then and my wife says, I don't worry about nothing. Listen, if I can't change it, why would I worry about it? There's some things in this world I can't change. All I can do is pray. It's left up to God what's going to happen anyway. If Peter had just realized and kept his focus on Jesus, he would have never started to sink. But he began to look at what's going on around him. I'll never forget, and some of you are old enough to remember this. Remember having to jump under your desk, practicing? Practicing for a nuclear bomb. Like that desk was going to help one thing. You know, after I got grown, I thought, what was that desk made out of? Well, it was wood when I grew up, and that kind of heat would have vaporized that thing. You might as well just lay down the floor and said, come on. Stood up and shouted it out. I'm leaving here. I'll never forget those days. They said, we're going to have a drill. Get under your desk. Whole school made out of wood. Vaporize. Blown apart if it didn't vaporize it. I mean, they wouldn't have found your body in five years. But we worried about those things, didn't we? They worried about the nuclear bomb. Let, let me help some folks tonight. Do you know, and listen to me, doesn't say in the Bible this world will be destroyed with nuclear bombs. This world's going to be destroyed with fire and brimstone. Amen. They might set off a nuclear bomb and it might blow a hole like it did over there in Japan. Didn't destroy the world, did it? Destroyed a lot of folks, but didn't destroy the world. But yet we're so unconcerned about the return of the Lord. The storm that we ought to be concerned about doesn't bother us. The one that can destroy body, soul, and mind, everything you know, he can just obliterate it. But we ain't concerned about that. How do you know, preacher? <laughs> Why ain't everybody saved? Why don't everybody go to church? They're not concerned enough. Hey, you get concerned. I had this thought this week, and I'm working on a sermon with it. And Kiki is a key to it. Give it to me Sunday morning. Now think about this. How many get saved because they want to go to heaven, really? Most everybody I've ever talked to got saved because they didn't want to go to hell. Not that they loved heaven so much that they run down to the altar and said, boy, I want to go. Sign me up. They got saved because they didn't want to go to hell and I'm one of them that done that. Yeah, that's the reason I got saved. I didn't want to go to hell. God done showed me hell and what I was going to do and what I'd be. I didn't want to go to hell. But isn't it funny that the storms that come our way, we overemphasize them 
Because, let me give you the key tonight. We don't really trust the Lord the way we should. If our Lord can walk on that water, I can walk with Him. And as long as I'm following Him, I can walk on that water. I don't care how bad the storm gets. If I'm following Him, I can walk with Him wherever He goes. And we're so concerned about everything under the sun but walking with the Lord. Let me see if I can finish tonight. Isn't it funny that the boys that were supposed to know fishing, how to fish, where to fish, and by the way, isn't it funny they still had the boat and it ready to go fishing? Reckon they had in the back of their mind I'm going to help somebody tonight. Boy, if I ever backslide, I'll have to go back to fishing. When I got saved, I went home, I poured the liquor down the drain. Poured the wine down the drain. Some people said, why didn't you sell that? If it ain't good enough for me, it ain't good enough for nobody. Some of them said, why, you ought to kept that. Let it aged. Why? I'm not going back to drinking. Why would I want to keep it and let it age? Oh, you might need it for medicinal purposes. Ain't that what a little hot toddy for the body is? (laughs) Ain't that the reason them folks smoke them left-handed cigarettes? It's for glaucoma. They ain't never been diagnosed with glaucoma in their life. They went and got a medical card so it'd be legal. Yeah. Yeah, just in case I get glaucoma, doc, give me a prescription. Right? Isn't it funny that we do things like that? But there the boat was and they got in it and they went out doing just like they always had and never caught nothing. Can I tell you, there's two reasons, main reason, they did not catch anything. Number one, they had no business being out there. God had already made them fishermen of men. They had no business being out there. They didn't have to go back to that lifestyle. They didn't have to go back there to make a living. God had already made a way for them to survive. Number two, God wanted to show them he was still in control. They toiled all night. They came in. There was not one thing wrong with the net. There was not one thing wrong with the boat. There was not one thing wrong with where they fished. There was not one thing wrong with the time they fished. Are you with me? But they wasn't supposed to be fishing. So they come in, prime time fishing's all over. The joy riders are out there now, we can't go fishing. Lord's on shore, just cast out on the right side. Now wait a minute, Lord, 
We've toiled all night. We ain't caught nothing. Here it is, daylight. Here we are right next to shore, and you want us to throw the net out on the right side? Well, I'll tell you this. If you stay on the right side, you'll never be on the wrong side. They throwed the net out, and what happened? Almost broke the net. 152 fish in that net and there was so many couldn't get it in the boat they had to drag it to shore. Now think about this. Listen to me, I'm closing. Wonder what their thought was toiling all night long. Now listen. Wonder how many times they threw that net out. I know everybody's went fishing sometime or another and never caught a thing. I've been fishing. We call Lake James the Dead Sea. I fished out there with every plug and worm and minnow, any kind of configuration you can imagine, and never even get a bite. Even get so frustrated, go up in a cove, try to catch a bluegill, and couldn't even catch a bluegill. That's the way them old boys felt all night long. Every time they throwed that net and drug it in. Throwed that net and drug it in. Throwed that net and drug it in. Don't you know one of them had to say sometime during the night, this is useless. This is stupid. What's happened? <laughs> How many in here ever fished a whole lot? Anybody? Nobody fish much? Well, let me tell you how lure companies sell lures. You go back to get you a Pepsi and a pack of crackers. You ain't caught one thing. Here comes a guy in with a whopper. And what do you do? What do you catch that on? Where'd you catch that at? Right? Now I'll tell you something. <laughs> what are fishermen known for? Lying. Right? You know that fish they caught? You know what I'm talking about. So why would you ask the man that you know is going to tell you a lie? He ain't going to tell you where he caught that fish. He ain't going to tell you exactly what he caught it on. Why? But whatever he tells you, you're going to buy that lure. Me and my father-in-law and brother-in-law fished all day, never had a bite, never got nothing. We went out to Burnett's to get the Pepsi, went in, this old guy had a stringer full of fish. We didn't even ask him, he was telling another guy, man, I was around the bend over yonder, they went to hitting them crappy minnows, and I couldn't get them in fast enough. I'm saying, Russell, give us two dozen minnows. Give me two dozen minnows, Russell. Why? Because somebody said it would work. So Jesus said, throw it out on the right side, boys. There's several times in the Bible, if you don't know about this, Paul was one of them, Jesus was one of them that ship people listen to them. You remember Paul in Acts 28? 
And he is telling them, just stop. You ain't eat a bite in 14 days. Take a little nourishment. And they, I'm sure they said, why do you say that? We got to fight this storm. Don't worry, I talked to God. We're all going to make it. Now, wait a minute. I've been on the sea all my life, and here you are, a land lover, and you coming out here and tell us we're all going to make it. What'd that take? Faith. Something in his life showed them there was a God in him that wasn't in the rest of them. So God the Father, when he was there on the shore, cast out on the right side. And the fish filled the net. Can I tell you this? This is Hensleyology 101. If he'd have said, throw it in that mud hole, that net would have been full. Absolutely slap full. It wasn't the water. It wasn't the net. It was the Word of God. The Word of God spoken. So the storm may be your way. Don't let the storm get in you. Hold faith. Hold tight. Listen to what thus saith the word of God. The word of God said prosper and be in good health. Anybody not prospering? Maybe you ain't listening. Hello? Am I preaching to anybody tonight? I mean, did I just get up here and flap my gums? No reason at all. No, I thank God sent something to help every single one of us. The storms that's coming our way, church, are we going to be able to stand them because we keep our eyes on the Lord or will we get sidetracked? What will we do the next time they say, you can't have church no more? I'll tell you what your pastor's going to do. I'm going to have church. I ain't closing the doors again. They'll have to forcibly carry me off to jail. And when they carry me off, one of yous better open the doors and have church. Amen. I mean, have church. Maybe if you get to praising God enough, the jailhouse doors will be open. <laughs> but it just takes a little praising and singing, and God will do the rest. So what am I going to do when the storm comes? Number one, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Number two, I'm going to hear his voice. And number three, I'm going to be obedient to his voice. Didn't Jesus say, come unto me? And he stepped out of the boat. He didn't change his mind. Jesus didn't know where in that story say, ho, ho, wait a minute, you're going to sink. He said, come unto me. So what has he told you and I? Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know the only rest you'll ever have in this world comes from the peace of mind knowing you're right with God. That's when true peace truly comes to you. Man, I tell you, my mind was a million, million different directions before I met Jesus. Lay down at night, didn't know if I'd wake up in the morning. A lot of times didn't know where I was at when I woke up. Yeah. Didn't know how I got there. Didn't know where I was at. I know I ain't the only one in this story. Right? Aren't you glad God watched over you when you were so stupid you didn't know him? The beginning of wisdom is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. 
if they had just kept their eyes and listened. He said, I must go away. Now listen to me. They should have remembered all that he said. Tarry. Tarry. I'll come again. And I'll receive you unto myself. Just tarry a while. But as soon as he was gone, they went fishing. They went fishing. Now wait a minute. Let me help all of us and we'll go to the house. These were men that knew the word and slept and ate and saw all the miracles. Now think about that. If they can that fast turn their backs, go back fishing, don't you think you and I need help tonight? So God help me not to go back fishing for things of this world. God help me keep my eyes focused on you. You're coming, Lord. I know you are. I've done heard you bid me. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. He bid us to come. Will you come as we stand to our feet tonight? Every head bowed and every eye closed and everyone that needs to come and pray, come right now. Step out by faith that God has spoke to your heart. and You need to come. Get on the right side of God tonight. Father, speak to every heart in this building tonight. May every soul hear thy voice tonight. God, we're going to be in some storms like we've never seen before. But Father, we know that you're in the storm with us. Lord, if you were in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you were in the lion's den, Lord, if you were there with little David when he killed Goliath, God, I know you'll be with us because you said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. And I believe that, God. I believe as Abraham trusted you, even though his body was past years of bearing and Sarah was past years of bearing, God, I know you made a way. And you can make a way now for every heart and every life in this building, God, that will truly trust you and just put it on the right side. Put it on the right side because Jesus said put it there. Put it on the right side because, Lord, that's the right thing to do. And God let you feel the net. We've toiled in ourselves. We toiled all night, never caught nothing. But God, at your word, at your bidding, Father, the net was full. So let these hearts be full right here today, right now, Father. May every heart surrender all unto you. Thank you, Lord, for guiding me. Thank you for these that sung songs, Lord, that stirred the Holy Ghost in me. Let the storm rage on, but don't let it be in me. Let me be that child of the king. Let me stand. Let me hold fast. Let me move as the Holy Spirit would lead. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.